Welcome to Cigar City Radio, episode 67. I'm making the magic happen, and here's your host, Randy Ojeda. I don't like this at all. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like it at all. But let's just keep it. Let's just keep it. All right, yeah, we'll keep it rolling. If you want more, you can find all our episodes on iTunes slash Apple Podcast, on Spotify, on Stitcher, basically on every major podcasting platform. Just search Cigar City Radio. You'll probably find us. You can also find us, of course, direct at our website, CigarCityRadio.com, or you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Cigar City Radio. Cigar City Management is proud to announce our first official south by southwest showcase we are now official jason the south by southwest overlord said we exist and that's happening friday march 16th at lambert's in downtown austin it's featuring fruit and flowers ex-girlfriends the fantastic plastics send medicine and Parrot Dream and Death Hags. Doors open at 7 p.m., but we're partying all the way to the legally mandated 2 a.m. cutoff time. That's a city of Austin. Man, that's late. Mandate. Yeah, 2 a.m. 7 p.m. to 2 a.m. So if you're heading to South by Southwest, come hang with us Friday, March 16th. For more details, head to CigarCityManagement.com slash SXSW2018. March 16th. That's a mandate. Yeah, it is. The episode you're about to listen was recorded at the world-famous Blind Tiger Cafe in the heart of Ybor City, Tampa, Florida. The Blind Tiger Cafe is a speakeasy-inspired coffee house to serve vegan pastries, coffee, tea, beer, kombucha, etc., etc., etc. Our guest on this episode is two-time. I said two-time, Jason, two-time. Matt Reisinger? No, you're just you're <laughs> supposed to say two-time. <laughs> two-time. There you go. Two-time, two-time guest. I mean, Matt. Yeah, two-time guest, Matthew Reisinger, the artist more popularly known as Friedback, who you might remember from way, way back in episode four of the podcast, one of our very first episodes. Based out of his Seminole Heights studio, Friedback makes some of the most intricate electronic music I've ever heard with an absolutely phenomenal live show with visuals and lights and all this mad scientist gear on stage. Matt's incredibly talented. He does so much stuff in addition to just making music. He does audio engineering and voice acting and live sound and lighting and production work. You name it. So go out and see him live. Again, it's an absolutely amazing performance. He's playing every night of Okeechobee Music Festival down south in Okeechobee, Florida. And he's also playing Gasparilla Music Festival right here in our backyard at Curtis Hickson. That's happening Saturday, March 10th at 5.45 p.m. That's his set time. But you should definitely check out all of Gasparilla Music Festival because it's going to be awesome. And we're going to be there. So you can say hi to us. But for more on all things Freedback, head to Freedback.com. That's F-R-3-3-D-B-A-C-K.com. Joining us on this episode is Cigar City Radio veteran and music editor at Creative Loafing, Ray Roa. 
You'll notice that he's been on several of our episodes as well as a featured guest on one of our episodes. We like having him back to talk to our musical guests because he's one of the most plugged in people in Tampa to music. Not only does he talk to the highest profile artists uh, via phoners and when they're in town, he also speaks to anyone locally to try, try to get the word about the local scene out. So if you're interested in reading some Ray Roa goodness on Creative Loafing, just look up Ray Roa Creative Loafing. It'll pop up. Google's magical. You'll find it. As Ray once said on our on our very podcast, he wants to be in everyone's Wikipedia page. And he's, he's working on it. He's oh, he's working there. on it. I think he'll succeed. Yeah. So here it is. Episode 67. This will be episode like sixty six or wow. sixty seven. Congrats, like that. that's great. So it's been yeah, it's been a lot. Of, it's been a while since we've sat Times down. Are changing. Yeah, great. Yeah, and so we're hanging out with Friedback. Yeah, who has first off? It's your birthday today. It's my birthday. Oh, so happy birthday! Happy Thank you. Birthday. Happy birthday! Thank you so much. And of course, we're joined by a regular. I guess a somewhat regular guest on our I'm podcast. like a groupie, like yeah. hanging around, yeah. like trying to get in always, you know. <laughs> yeah, the, of course, the Mr. Ray Roa from Sabotage Creative Loafing, yeah. friend, friend of the show. Who You're my dad's favorite, I guess, character on the show, on, nice, on the podcast. Nice. He's always like, When's that's Ray a good thing. Yeah, yeah, that's what he tells me. He's like, I like that Ray guy. He, Ray he's back. really good at saying stuff. That's what he said. <laughs> Which is kind of true. Like like you, that's, that's you in a nutshell. Really good at saying stuff. Yeah, you can't really tell. You can't like notice the typos when I'm speaking. That's true. So good at saying stuff. (laughs) Which, which, uh, just as an aside, did you start some Twitter beef last night? Because I saw you had Uh a tweet about, I I don't know who it was. Oh, you know what? It was about Tanner Jones. Okay. You blew it. So he got booked to open up for uh, Cam Boucher at uh, Mojo. Uh But I'm kind of like, Tanner's like nice to me. You know what I mean? So I made a joke about how bad his, his jokes were. <laughs> That's what I saw. You said something yeah. like uh, he has, you know, his music is A plus, a plus music, but B minus jokes. Yeah. <laughs> which, which honestly isn't that bad. A B yeah. minus. No, I'll, take B, I'll take B minus. My parents wouldn't be mad at me we're, for that. We're a solid C here at Cigar <laughs> yeah, City right. Radio. So, you know, if we could get to B minus joke level, I'd be yeah. cool with that. No, no. It was all good. Okay. We, right. we spoke yeah. in person. All right. All right. Cool. I was like, I was like, man, he's throwing shots over here. This guy's comedy. I love that guy's band. So, that's what I figured. Yeah, that's yeah, what I figured. Yeah. He's like so. a huge soccer fan. He's a dude you should talk to, actually. Yeah, we should. We should talk to. But so, Matt, yes, Friedback, mm-hmm. you are having an insanely busy start to 2018. Yeah. All right. So you're so you're on Gasparilla Music Fest, which is like we're about less than a month away. Yes. Um, like three, I four am. weeks. This will away. be my first Gasparilla Music Fest. I'm super that, excited. That is really cool. And yeah. then you just announced this weekend that you're also doing Okeechobee Music Fest. I am. Yeah. So super cool. Like that's and that's coming up re- really even soon before. Too. Even that's before <laughs> right. Gasparilla that's Music the beginning Fest. Of March, so like yeah. in the next month, you're doing yeah. two major festivals yeah. in the area, and you seem to be like playing really regularly doing a lot of great opening slots yeah it's been really great yeah how's how's that how's that all coming for you i mean it's the most organic thing i've ever done in my life like 
most other things it seems like I've had to push for and like try at and like fail a couple times and then whatever. But this is like the first wave that has just continued and I'm just like still going. All right, cool. And then like something else cool comes along and I'm just super thankful to be in the situation that I am to where I can like be a part of, uh, you know, the city of Tampa and what we're doing here and then, you know, the festival life. And, you know, it's just it's just cool to be in the scene again. I was actually thinking about that because I was on the Gasparilla Music Fest page earlier yeah. and uh, I was looking at, you know, different artists and they have um, an embed where you can see like, you know, their songs on Spotify or whatever. And sure. I'm like, damn, yeah, Friedbeck doesn't have anything <laughs> yeah. out. I like, don't. You don't have yeah. any music out. So yeah. all of this growth is like really word of mouth yeah. live shows like sure. people just going and actually checking out yeah. the experience that's kind of how i started my music career way back when so like just trying to be a live act and like get people to understand it from that perspective it's so hard to do in recorded fashion that like you know there's stuff online that i could show you on my like soundcloud or whatever but mm. it, even that stuff's pretty old so like you know it's it's more fun for me to just perform so maybe I'll just start releasing like mixtapes of just performing or something. I don't know. It's like I'm not sure what the next step will be in terms of physical media or streaming media. Yeah. You know. Well, it's definitely like the the show is something you have to see because first off it's you're one guy, which one is guy. which is cool. When <laughs> it's one guy making a lot of sounds. Yeah. I don't know how you do it. Sure. And you know, like when we first saw you and we talked, yeah. you know, back in episode 4, sure. it was primarily instrumental and yeah. electronic stuff, but now mm-hmm. you're really adding in vocals and yep. A lot of different like looping and layering and like the show like you I, I can tell you've really been working at the show yeah you know? I think like understanding the the sort of narrative to the story of what the music is you know like it's it needs some drama mm. you know and I think just the fact that I've been able to play so many shows lately I've just been able to every time it, I mean honestly I haven't changed the set quote unquote since I started playing, you know what I mean? But every show is a different show because it's how do I navigate those songs, like what to do with the elements or what to add and what to subtract. So like every time I'm just kind of experiencing that same album again and again, just in a new way. And then something new kind of calls to me on a song and I'm like, oh, let's just chase that for a while, see what happens. And then, so it just becomes like this really fun journey for me. So playing live is like the most engaged my brain can be because I'm just controlling all of these sort of uh, variables that are just randomly changing because of how complex the system is Mm. both in audio and lights and visuals and everything it's just this this big machine and then I'm trying to basically just coax it into doing something you know uh, melodic I think that's what people don't I like that you say it every time you play but people might not realize it like when it's happening in front but literally he's piecing this stuff together either through the synth or through ableton yeah. like it's not like he's hitting play on something like yeah, he has yeah. to build this thing yeah and he does it every time mm-hmm. and it's it's crazy because it's weird to hear you say that it's the same set yeah because i've seen you a few times <laughs> and i've always felt like it was a different set sure yeah. you know yeah so that that's that's my that's my that. goal, like to try to make it seem as new to anyone who's like if someone's seen me before, I want them to have a new experience. But, it, you know, if if I were to show them this, the experience before, like layer it on top of each other and just find the moments where like, well, here's that thing that you remember from this moment. Here's this thing. You know, it's just kind of this amorphous blob that kind of right. comes together. 
Yeah, so I always gravitate towards the watch, whatever watch he's wearing. Oh, yeah, <laughs> sweet watch on, yeah. too. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I, I remember uh, seeing you uh, in St. Pete. I'm trying to think of the venue right now, but you it was the first time i'd seen you do the beatles like yesterday mm. sort of i don't even i don't want to call it a cover because sure. it's not it's like a it's almost like you break the song down to yeah. its its essence you yep. know like you're i don't know you're like rebuilding yeah. beatles yesterday you sure. know um and that like that like actually gave me goosebumps like watching you like awesome. put that together was such a cool thing it's know? i mean that song is one of those songs you know like Everyone listened to the Beatles as a kid because yeah. their parents had the records and whatever. But like yesterday was the song that like I remember like falling asleep to on cassette. And it was just like it was just a song that was ingrained in me just as a melody and as a arrangement. Mm. So it's kind of one of those songs that I can always find the pitch of the song because I'm so used to where it normally lives. And the whole reason I introduced it to the set is because the next song in the set, I wanted to start uh, acapella. And there's some elements that I've that I've created that would be great to introduce to them, but I have to make sure that I'm in tune with those elements. So if I sing that song to myself, I can get myself in the key of C major so mm-hmm. that I can introduce this new version of my own song. So it's kind of like a started as a way to bridge the gap. Yeah. And then it just became a, a way to make a big song happen and then take the song away, just have a vocal singing a song that people will remember. And then have that vocal continue to sing something now strange and new, and then elements start building on top of that, which is kind of this you know it's it's a perfect like you said breakdown. It's like yeah, the yeah. breakdown of the set. That's amazing. Yeah. So how how long do you spend like working on this and and and, and tinkering with these kind of aspects of the set? Because it sounds like yeah. that sounds really like you've really clearly thought that out. You uh, know? Yeah. I, <laughs> like, that's it's a great. Like, that's not something that just happened <laughs> on sure. accident. You know? That's a great question because. It's weird. I I feel like, in my perspective, I don't spend any time on it. You know what I mean? Like it just happens naturally. So like I'm not like scheduling my day of like okay I'm gonna work on this thing and that's how we're gonna finalize what it should be like. It's just I'm having this since it's a one man band like you're describing. I can have the board re- the boardroom meeting with myself right. and figure things out without even having to slow down. So like it was really just more of a feeling that night. It was it wasn't that was probably the maybe the second or third time I had done it when you when you saw me. But I yeah. I think I introduced that element um, for the Don't Stop St. Pete Festival. Oh right on. Um, I hadn't done it before then, and I really wanted to try it and see what happened. And um, literally, it was just a couple hours the that of that week thinking like like singing the melody and understanding, oh, well, that's actually the same key as this other song. Interesting. How could I do that? And then it just, you know, it happened in my brain to be like, yep, that's how it should work. And, you know, we, we all agreed. That's yeah. Yeah. yeah, You didn't have to, you don't have to leave that one to a vote. Yeah. Right. And then, and then that moment also too became one of the things that people mentioned, like you were describing. So then I'm like, okay, it's like a, it's like a standup comedian being on stage and, and like, you're using your material and going, okay, what got laughs? What, what was a bomb? Where should I move things? Like, what's my closer? You know, that, that's definitely how I work my music. Yeah, for sure. Well, that, that's a really good analogy. Cause it is almost like you're, you're working at like a stand up comic where you're yeah. constantly like going through your set exactly. and, and perfecting it, yep. you know? So I, I could see that how I, with all the, all the shows that you've been playing in the yeah. last year, 
you know, you would get to. It's finally starting to sound like something uh, interesting. (laughs) There's got to be like some shows that you've like bombed or moments that you felt like were terrible (laughs) and you just wanted to walk off stage. So it's like, yeah, I'm curious from, you know, as an onlooker, what what are those moments? Like what are the things that you hate when they happen? Like when you want to slam your head against the wall and then how do you recover from that in practice or or whatever or however you rebuild the song? And how do you overcome that and, and make it right for the next time that you play? That is a wonderful question because uh, I deal with this feeling every every time I perform. Okay. Like it's it is it is a constant, you know, self deprecation, nagging moment where like something's not right. You know, that could have been better. That could have been better. So you know, you just as long as you're passionate about what you do, I feel like everyone has that like critical eye for themselves. So my first step is always just to try to be in the moment, turn off my brain in terms of what I what I want to do. Just try to let my lizard brain take over and like muscle memory my way through it. This so is that, after you've made the mistake and you're back home or while you're still on stage? While, while okay. I'm on stage, I'm trying not right, to right. think Okay, if I can. Right. If I can just disconnect my, my problem-solving brain for mm-hmm. a little bit. Right. And then if a problem does arise, introduce a little bit of it, but then you know, get back to where I was going. Right. And it happens all the time, you know, working with electronics – uh, with a computer involved as well, which is as a sequencer, like you're bound to have some sort of issues with latency or with, uh, you know, the USB uh, hub is is changing the, um, like the, the the clock of the MIDI as mm. opposed to when I'm plugging it into like an actual MIDI cable. So like things just happen not to work or the lights aren't triggering. They should definitely be triggering right now. What should I do? So like there's definitely... It's playing every every moment of, of that performance is playing catch up in some way, but trying to make it look like it's like it's not a problem. You know what I mean? Like it's just okay, that's great, that's great. But you know, and then afterwards, when people ask me, you know, how'd you feel? Whatever inside, I'm, there's all the whole list of things. Be like, well, this was bad. This was bad. This was bad. And then you just go. It was awesome. I had a great time. <laughs> so good. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for coming. You know, hope, hope to see you next time. Because and I felt that's a great way to to approach it too. Because I don't want somebody else to think that I didn't have a good time right. while I was on stage. Because I really did. Right. Um, so I've been in the past when I was in another band, and you know we didn't come in at the same time, or somebody's Just guitar was out start. of tune. Yeah, select okay, start. Right on, right on. <laughs> Could have been any band, but select right, right, start. Select start specifically. And we, I remember getting off stage <laughs> with select start, and people would be like, you know, you guys are great, and then. I think all of us were mostly like, nah, you know, right. like we could have done better. Like we kind of messed this up. And that, that attitude I felt was like, we could, we could definitely just, you know, we, if we say we did great and we, we enjoyed what we, what we did, the people don't really, they don't feel what we felt, you know? So it's way easier to just be like, yeah, things went, went well. And then, you know, yeah, sure. They went well. Like they experienced it going well also. So it's kind of like keeps the, keeps the mystique yeah. alive, you know? Yeah. Well, that's what I always try to tell bands, too, is like, you know, not to be too hard on yourself when you're performing live, because 99% of the time, the audience has no idea that you messed up, unless you really, really mess up, which at that point, you just got to live with it. Yeah. And then you laugh it off. Like, there's there's definitely been like my uh, brain that controls basically everything on stage. The only place to put it that's like symmetrical. And I really do like the idea that set up symmetrically is right in the middle, right by my feet. And there's a power switch on the front, maybe uh, half a foot, a foot up, 
which if I if I were to press with my hands, it turns off everything on stage. Basically, it's like the kill switch. You shouldn't tell people that. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm getting into it. I'm grooving, and I lift my leg and just flip, and like music stops. I'm like, and then I'm so I'm into it. So I'm looking around like, okay, what did I do? What did I do? What did I do? And I find it, I'm like, oh, back on. And then in that moment of everything being dead, you know, to be like, guys, this is all live. Like, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. can't help it. You know what I mean? So it's. It kind of humanized you too, you know what I mean? Because if you play electronic music, people automatically assume that it's going to go off without a hitch because a computer's controlling it, you know? And that couldn't be further from the truth if you're trying to really do something creative with electronics and computers. Like, you're always on a razor's edge of not working. Like, something's going to go out of tune, something's going to, you know, miss a cue. And that's just part of the fun, really. And. You know, then what's interesting is like kind of back to the stand up comedy like uh, analogy, I yeah. guess, here is that, you know, with stand up, you're up there on your own. And that's kind of the same with you. Like, yes. you know, when you were in Select Start or mm-hmm. any other random band, sure. the, but specifically Select <laughs> Start, yep. you, you know, <laughs> you would, uh, if, if you mess up, you have the rest of the band to fall back yeah, on, you know, right. like, but if you're up, sta- up on stage on your own, yeah. it's just you. Like, just that's, you, that's yeah. really. That's the nerve-wracking thing for me. I've never sure. been able to perform by myself. Like, just I, I don't know. I don't know how you do that. I, it's it's definitely a it's a it's a challenge. Regardless of regardless of any time that you'll never be super comfortable comfortable enough to where like it's not going to be. All right, let's see what happens. Like, let's make sure you know. Like, you you pep yourself up a little bit before you go on stage. Mm. The stage fright has has left years ago. So like, I never feel that I'm nervous to, for a crowd to see me or for a person to hear what I'm making. But I just want to make sure that I give them the best experience that I can because I know that if I, if I do, that they might come back. And yeah. that's what drives me crazy. Yeah. You know? Well, clearly, like, you're doing something right because <laughs> yeah, you, wouldn't, Thank you. you wouldn't keep getting all these... <laughs> All these gigs, if you if you weren't, it's good to hear. You know? Yeah, for a while I was like, dude, this guy's gigging a lot. Like yeah. I was like, he's almost gigging too much. Yeah, <laughs> like, but but I get that you want to get out there and like do the yeah. show. I was like, this guy's playing freaking everywhere. It was wild, and you always wanted to go see it. It's not like yeah, it's not like something that you're like, ah, oh, I've seen it. I've I've seen it already. You're like, dude, I got to see this again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's crazy. The whole setup, all the wires, yeah, everything. Thanks, man. Yeah, what's up with uh like. Um, the home studio and like new gear and like new sounds or like textures that are like inspiring you. Like what are you working on? Uh, like in, in the lab, like what, yeah. what's piquing your curiosity? There's, there's so much going on right now, actually. So like um, I wanted to introduce uh, a new synthesizer into the workshop and I had the wonderful privilege of um, receiving the Juno 60 um, from this band called Neon Indian, if anyone's ever yeah. heard of yeah, them. Yeah. Uh, they're one of those acts that when, when um, Polish girl, right? Yeah, when Isn't Polish that? girl came out, yeah. it was like the song I played, you know, the top of every mixtape yeah. essentially. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I loved his, his, uh, the, the lead guy, Alan Palermo, Palermo, Palumbo, something like that. Yeah. Um, he he just has this this way about him. I really enjoy his his uh, his brand, um, and he made that record with this Juno and a couple other synthesizers. And he was selling it, uh, and I got a random email from the from the person he was selling it through, like just hey, here's this synth. What do you think? 
This is like a synth clearinghouse or something. Uh, actually, so if, uh, funny enough, there's just this website, kind of like eBay for music equipment, called Reverb.com. Sure, yeah. So Reverb.com, uh, I've I've been a huge fan of because it literally is the perfect place to sell and buy used gear because they have everything and it's really great pricing. You know, not too much haggle and uh, and they just recently started doing this thing where they like have featured artists having a store. And that and that feature artist this time was the guy from the Indian, and he had like, you know, a, a good chunk of his studio for sale because um, he was buying new equipment, so he was replacing some old stuff. And like, Dang. here's his web store. And right. as soon as I got the link, I looked, and you know, a third of it was already gone because you know it, this was blasted to some of the other members of this Reverb.com for sure newsletter. So I was like, what you know, What's what can left? I afford? Yeah. What you know? And I saw the Juno sixty, which is a keyboard that I've been inspired by ever since I started listening to music. Like the Juno was like on every eighties track. You know what I mean? It was, it was a huge kind of like the, like the vibe of, uh, the strangers, the stranger things theme mm-hmm. that's played on a Juno as well. So like it just, it's just in popular music for synthesizers. So I really wanted it and I got it. Sounds great. Uh, but yeah, on top of that, it, I just keep, uh, inviting new musicians over to the house and okay. working on new projects. Like I've been working with local artists like Sun Signs and Bangarang uh, on some records of theirs. As a producer kind of. Yeah, well, mostly an engineer. That's kind of where I, okay. I always just would rather be an engineer. But if they, if they, if they need some assistance or they want, you know what I mean? If, yeah. if, if there's a question, sure, I'll help out in that regard. But I really like artists to do what they do. You know what I mean? Like it's... Nowadays, if you if you don't produce yourself, I I almost would suggest that to every artist. Not in terms of like make your own music and whatever, but like understand what you what you should be singing on or what you should introduce musically for yourself. And those bands do that for sure. Like Sun Signs has a sound. Dude, I that can't, guy's voice yeah, and the way right. he constructs mm-hmm. the the structure of the song yeah. and the way his melody fits in. Exactly. It's instantly recognizable. Right. And then when you watch him do it in person, you're like, mm-hmm. Christian's a madman. <laughs> yeah, super awesome dude. And then also Bangarang, same way. They have like they have a brand. They they do their thing, and I'm just happy to, you know, help them kind of record it the best they can. And then I've also started working with uh, Polyenzo a bit. So they they're working on a new album, and I don't know how much I can give away, but they're working on record deals and everything else, and that's uh, apparently going well. So. Uh, yeah, we've been doing like vocal tracks at the house and working on synth arrangements. And I'm also working with uh, Alex from Polyenzo and his and his girlfriend have a side project called Millennium Youth, mm-hmm. which is one of the greatest acts in town right now. They play JT Brown's thing, right? Yep, yep. exactly. Yeah, and they're just super, super talented, both of them. Um, so we work together on their on their AP as well. And so yeah, I just I love I love bringing people to the house and just using all that gear and just getting getting deep into it. It's been, it's been really great. And how, how long has it been since you made that leap from the previous life that you had kind of doing sound with somebody else kind of signing the checks? That was uh, December of uh, 2016 is when I, when I started completely 100% freelance oh. on my own. And I had the best year I've ever had this past year, uh, completely alone, even after being with, with a salary job, which is something I couldn't even have imagined, you know, a year before. And, you know, just to be able to have an open schedule because I can make it myself to be like, hey, 
what what do you what do you have if there's an event if somebody asked like you were saying earlier it seemed like i was playing a lot of shows and really it came down to the fact that like people were asking and i was like i am available yeah, like you know what i mean might, like yeah, might as well if if i'm not having to really do the legwork of putting a show together like i think that's the hardest part so if somebody else is gonna go to the trouble of putting a show together and putting bands together and being like hey like we'd love to have you that would really complete our our you know our show like absolutely like no problem you know and- and how have you got how far or how fast have you gotten the setup time now? Because I remember we were talking about that in yeah. episode four, like how long it could take yep. you to actually put your thing together. Where where are you at now? So now I've it's kind of like you ever watch the uh, the Boston Dynamics um, dog robot thing yeah, that, yeah, they, yeah. that they make. That, right. It can open its own door now. Yeah. Like, like which I, I don't know if we sure. should worry about. It or yeah. not. We definitely <laughs> should worry about. But um, but if you watch it, like the evolution of this dog, like at first it was big and bulky and it you know it weighed a thousand pounds but you could still kick it and it wouldn't fall over you know what i mean like that was kind of my original set but if you keep watching like they've introduced more nimble ones smaller ones more sleek ones you know Mm -hmm. ones that seem more human or more animal yeah um so i feel like my setup is sort of in that same kind of iterative mutation so now it's like I've, i've i've taken all the clutter away there's a lot less gear on stage now because i wanted to be able to travel and, um, you know, if I got someone to call and say, hey, could you be in L.A. tonight for a showcase or whatever, you know, in the in the event that it happens, I have a kit for traveling. Mm-hmm. And I try to make that kit the exact same one as what's on stage as much as I can um, so that I can be comfortable with where things are, get back in that muscle memory groove whenever I'm playing. So now literally to set it up, you know, I, I like to set up on the side of the stage just to like, you know, not waste time yeah. on changeovers. So maybe 45 minutes to an hour and a half, depending on the size of the, the setup, for myself alone to set it up. On stage in 10 to 15 minutes, and then off stage in five minutes, and then breakdown is about two hours. Wow. Yeah. You hear if that? I'm by myself. It's awesome. The thing, though, is but it, that makes sense because it's so – it's at least to me, to the to the layman, you know, looking at this, it's like it's such an elaborate setup that I'm like, it, it's amazing that you can get it on stage in ten to fifteen minutes sure, or something yeah, like that. When I first saw, it, I thought it was fake. <laughs> I was like, dude, all these wires, this is this is unreal. Yeah, yeah. But then you just watch it go, and you're like, oh damn, yeah, this yeah. is real shit. Yeah, yeah. So you hear that in indie shoegaze bands that you know spend 20 minutes setting up your pedal board look look check <laughs> out no, feedback show feedback show and see how it's done you know? efficiency is important <laughs> are you still using those those like standing lights that you had put together yes so i've i've changed up the lighting setup as well and added and subtracted and um there's two specific lighting rigs that i've set up one of them is the one you're describing which is five led stands that are tubes of leds I think 32 per uh, uh, spire, mm-hmm. five of them. And they're all pixel mappable. So I could make essentially images on this on this on uh, these five um, LED towers. So that is more of the complex programming language that sometimes I have to use two computers to run because one computer runs Ableton and all the music and another computer uh, of the same make runs all the video and lighting if I introduce that one because it's just a little too much headroom to make that thing run and mm-hmm. if you have if I have both on the same computer the video lighting and audio on a MacBook Pro um, I'm running like like 350 like percent CPU 
which is, you know, way too much. Yeah. So <laughs> that's like 20 porn windows open. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a lot of porn hub. <laughs> so yeah, I, so I have used that every once in a while, but the, e- the, the easier one is my other setup, which is, um, these Chauvet, uh, moving LEDs. So they're all on motorized heads. There's four very long kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, LED banks, I guess which all can move up and down individually mappable as well. There's also two spotlights that have individual control, individual moves, and I can program all of those and control them from the stage only using like 5% more of the CPU that are on one computer. So it's like that one I can bring anywhere. And then if I'm going to really set up a system where the visuals need to be on point and the lighting or whatever, I'm going to use two computers for sure. Wow. So tell us a little bit about uh, what you got planned for Okeechobee. And what, are, what are you are you bringing? Yeah. So you're bringing some obviously some kind of modified setup there. Yes, yeah. You're going to be outdoors, like how or, or what's what's going on? There? Yeah. So this is kind of there. There's so there's four days of the festival, and I'm uh, booked in an area of the festival which they call Moonlight. Um, something. Gosh, I forget. Moonlight Oasis. It's called. So I'm in. A, I'm playing in a in an area. That, is that where Snoop Dogg's going to be? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. Yeah, I hope. I hope so me and Snoop. Snoop Morgan out. Freeman is with the Sprite. <laughs> <laughs> so this this area is kind of where like all of the Burning Man style big art expositions expositions are. Mm-hmm. And one of those stages um, is kind of like one of the later stages that perf- that plays music. And I'm on that stage for three out of the four days. And so Thursday, the the first day, my slot is 3 a.m. for an hour. All right. I'm the last one on that stage. It's just going to be super weird. So I'm going to make it as visually stimulating as I can, but also like it's just going to be a very fun set Mm -hmm. because it's just going to be weird. Uh, Friday, same stage at like midnight. Which is uh, just about when the main stages wrap. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of a good good time to have something happen there and then sunday i'm doing a 3 a.m slot as well 3 30 4 30 which will be the very last slot on the entire festival apparently wow so you're closing it down. i'm closing the festival apparently we'll yeah. see there might be you some and other band yeah, and <laughs> they're still playing on yeah, core number yeah, five exactly um and then on saturday i'm doing a whole nother thing which is they um they have this tower of crt televisions old like you know cathode ray tube televisions yeah. and that used to be at um venture compound yeah. if you remember that tv mountain the tv mountain yeah. yes so the tv mountain will be at okeechobee fest uh for the whole thing and on saturday i'll be plugging into tv mountain and doing like a improv ambient uh you know uh, art installation set in the middle like the middle of the of night as well probably around 11 p.m that, on saturday that sounds amazing so yeah it's going to be a lot of stuff that I normally do for the other three days, but then that day I'm going to bring the theremin out. I'm going to bring some of the other yes. weird gizmos and Always stuff. So, the theremin yeah, I'm going to try to do two majorly different sets. And then since it's all four days, I'll try to you know keep introducing new things, and it should be fun. That's, Holy crap! Yeah, no, that's <laughs> really cool. I'm I'm so stoked to see you do yeah. something with TV Mountain. Yeah, what that's, will you all be there? Will you be there? I am so scared to go to that festival <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not ready to like. <laughs> just be like i'm i'm i'd I'd get really fucked up yeah you know what i mean like sure (laughs) not like be like fucked up drunk and like an asshole but i would just be in another place (laughs) 
Is it overstimulation? I don't know think? if I'm ready to, to do it. And then it's right before GMF. Yeah, yeah it is. The yeah. week which before. Is, uh, which is tough. And I guess now it's more feasible than before when I was when I was working for GMF. But yeah. there was no way I could do it before. Sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It all depends on the schedule, I guess. Yeah, yeah that's my issue is because it's GMF and then we're I'm flying to South by like the day after GMF. Wow. You know, so March, those, is, busy. March is very busy. Yeah. But uh, we are going to have uh, Chris, one of our interns, is going to be at uh, Okeechobee. So oh, yeah. I'll make nice. sure that he Yeah, we'll have somebody there. Set. I mean, LJ yeah. will be there for a creative level. Very cool. So Awesome. Yeah, I'm curious. And, I, you know, this might not even make the podcast. But sure. I like that you're getting all these gigs. And I think that when you talk about it, on the mic like this and all the shit that you're into and the way that it's unfolding, it almost seems like magical or mystical or like it happened by happenstance. But I've literally been watching you play music since I was 14 years old. <laughs> like, and I think like, like I always like to hear about what reliability means and like you've literally been doing music. It's been like the sole focus of your life. Yeah. Since before I had pubic hair, right? <laughs> yeah. So, and just to watch you do it now, that doesn't happen by accident. So, if like you could talk about what reliability is, what it's like to just like show up to a gig and do it right, and like, you know, like make the right connections and just treat people well, and, yeah. and how do you end up, you know what I mean? Like, how, how do you get from there to there? You know, right. like what are the things that you did right that maybe a lot of people have done wrong? Wow. I mean, I guess. It's it all starts with having pride in what you do, really. I mean, like I'm so happy to show people something I know or something I I've created. Like it's 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 the lifeblood of me. Like when I was young, like I had I would have like a little transform transformer toy or something like that, and I would just be so infatuated with it. And I'd show somebody on the playground, and they'd be like, "Whatever," and I would like cry because I'm like, "What do you mean, whatever? This is so cool." <laughs> <laughs> so like I. So I want just to, you know, I've always wanted to do something like this and, and continue to do music and audio as a, as a, you know, as my sole purpose in life. So it's just starting with being, being really, uh, you know, happy with what you do, being, being um, proud of what you have accomplished and, you know, it, it, persistence. And I think what you're saying about reliability, like, you know, no, I've never heard a promoter talk shit about you. Well, that's great. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the that's ultimate. Oh, yeah. That's the ultimate. You never know. Yeah. No, but that's, yeah. I, I, I want everyone that I work with or everyone that I even come in contact with to just try to come away from that, uh, from that meeting with a positive attitude about me and about the event or, but you know, whatever. Like I just, I really like being involved with things that, people are inspired by and, and, and doing my best to make sure that I pull my weight in the circumstance. So like, you know, if, if that's the way that people actually are perceiving where I'm coming from, then great, because that's definitely what I'm trying to do is just not flake, uh, you know, be on time, be courteous, you know, try not to ever have an ego because there's always going to be something, someone better than you in anything you want to do in every facet of life. Yep. So don't think that like, you know, you for some reason because they got it and you don't that you can't be there or that you should be mad at them for being there. It's just like that should be inspiration to just keep going because yeah. you're doing the same thing they are. They got there somehow and if you keep doing it, it's like anything else. Like eventually stars align. Like at first it's all chaos. Like, you know, there's no harmony in the world, but then 
when the same cycle happens over and over and over again, all those random particles just disappear and the ones that are orbiting each other get stronger and then it becomes a planet. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's evolution.